um, just for a little context, all that I'm reading are the letters in red. So it's all the verses are um, Jesus's words. Um, this is John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And John chapter 17, verses 18 through 23. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and um, and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and I have loved them even as you have loved me. Thanks be to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. after a week like the one that we've had, I'm beginning to feel funny about the title of the sermon series. It seems to be uh, ironic and rather appropriate, a little too on the nose. (laughs) We're asking in this series, on what can we count? We've been reminded yet again of how unpredictable a year can be in just the couple of weeks of 2022. And so on what can we count and depend as followers of Jesus Christ? What will guide us in this new year as individuals, as a church, and as a community? We began 2022 and our sermon series with words from Psalm 136 last week. Words that repeat over and over again throughout the psalm. God's steadfast love endures forever. God's steadfast love endures forever. We talked about putting it in our calendars as a reminder. Would you say those words with me? God's steadfast love endures forever. God's steadfast love endures forever. And we can count on it. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, that your steadfast love does endure forever. Thank you for bringing us here for worship this morning. Thank you for all of those who are joining us online. Lord, we lift our lives to you. We lift our hearts to you. That we might be shaped and changed by who you are and how you love us and call us then to love one another. May the words of our mouths, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock, our refuge, and our Redeemer, and our Savior and Messiah. And all God's people said, Amen. As if we needed more proof, 
that the new year is unpredictable and we have no idea what would happen last week happened. Over a foot of beautiful snow, mounds and heaps of beautiful snow and long power outages. Indoor camping. Road closures, downed trees and limbs, empty grocery store shelves, people stuck on I-95 longer than were usually stuck on I-95, and this time without knowing at all when it would end. Many of us have not had electricity or heat or well water on what has been some of the coldest nights this winter. Many of us have spent time in the last week searching for firewood and hunkering down with our pets in the living room or basements wherever we could find the warmest spots in the house. Internet has been spotty at best for some of us while driving around on some passable road trying to recharge our cell phones and laptops with our vehicle batteries and throwing out food that we'd been saving in freezers and refrigerators for a long time all while focusing on something basic like bread and water and heat amidst a raging surge of COVID. What a week. (laughs) Pastor Jeff, who moved here last summer from that great state of the Cleveland Browns, told me last week that it was Ohio-level crazy. So his moving here to get away from that apparently did not work out too well. Raise your hand if you lost electricity this week. and Keep them up there for a moment. Put your hand down if you got it back within a day. Put your hand down if it was two days. Put your hand down if it was three. Put your hand down if it was four days. Does anybody? Oh my, do y'all have power back yet? Yay, I'm thankful you have it. I was going to say, stay here as long as you like. (laughs) We didn't get power back here at the church until Friday, and so you may notice we're still decorated for Christmas because we haven't had time to take the decorations down yet, and it looks so pretty with the snow outside. (laughs) So Merry Christmas from us at Ebenezer. If we weren't already tired from 2021 and the last 20-some months of the pandemic... Now what? (laughs) We might be more tired now. One of my clergy friends asked us to post on Facebook New Year's resolutions. I thought, I'm too tired for that. But there were the usual type A folks who put things like, I'm going to read 85 books, and I'm going to run 12 marathons, and I'm going to learn six more foreign languages. But the ones that I liked better were the ones that said, survive 2022 or this one get a generator (laughs) and then there was my favorite the one that said appreciate the little things warm bread relationships water (laughs) those are the ones I like the best when life is whatever it has been the last week whatever it has been the last two years. Isn't that what happens? We start to focus and narrow down on the basics, what matters most. What about for you? If you had to name what matters most for you in your life, those non-negotiables, top three, 
What would they be if you had to write it down? Top three, what matters most? That come heck or high water, you will make sure those three things are taken care of the best it can be. They will shape you. They will define you. They will drive you. They will be your focus. What about for us as a church? What would be our non-negotiables, our top three, if you had to name them? What is it that come heck or high water, we will make sure will matter above all else and will be our focus together? We asked those very questions about four years ago here at the church. When Pastor Rob was here, we engaged in this process, having conversations with over 60 different conversations, I understand, with over about 500 people asking that question, what matters most to us as disciples of Jesus Christ? And we named them relationship, discipleship, and community that that will define who we are as Ebenezer, no matter what's coming down the pike, relationship, discipleship, and community. And through that process, we also began to lay down what our goals would be as a church. We called it Focus 2025. It's our short and long-range vision for the church here, where we are, and as we spread halfway around the world through Sierra Leone. And we're in the process now of revising Focus 2025 because of how much our community and lives and church have changed in the last two years. So we'll present the updated version in our gathering on January 22nd called the State of the Church. But what we have shared as our three core values will not change. These are our non-negotiables as people of faith. They are our focus, relationship, discipleship, and community. Say those with me, please. Relationship, discipleship, and community. This will be our focus, and we as a church will never let them go, no matter what the new year brings. Let's start with the first one. Genuine relationship. We understand it in three ways. Our relationship with God, which defines us, grounds us, centers us. And our relationship with each other in the church, here and online and off-site. And our relationship with others in the community, right where they are. Think about it like the shape of the cross with the vertical beam being our relationship with God that again centers and grounds and defines us and that horizontal beam like our relationship with each other and with the community outside these walls and the ever important integral intersection of all of them how one shapes the other and we live it out together in the scripture passages that Debbie read for us today Jesus gives us this core value of genuine relationship. Both of the passages that she read occur in the Gospel of John during that time in which Jesus has gathered with the disciples right before he goes off to the crucifixion. This is that last meal with those with whom he is the closest. And he says to them what needs to matter most after he is gone. And what he tells them, he still tells us today. That first passage from John chapter 13 comes just after Jesus has modeled 
an extraordinary illustration of discipleship. What did he do? He had just washed all the dirty feet of the disciples. In that culture, people wore sandals or less as they walked in dirty, dusty roads where animals also walked and I'm sure left things behind. The expectation was when you entered someone's home was that your feet would be washed, maybe by a servant, most likely by a servant, or you would wash them yourself. It was a dirty job with a basin and a towel and some water. And I wonder if that night, because their feet had not been washed yet when they gathered, if the disciples were sitting around wanting to go like this, I don't want to do it. Who else is going to do it and wash each other's feet? Who did it? Jesus. Jesus. The host of the meal, the host, never washed the people's feet. Jesus, the host, Jesus, the rabbi, Jesus, the savior, Jesus, the Messiah, knelt down in front of every single one of those disciples with a towel and a basin and water and washed their feet. Even Judas, the one he knew would betray him. Even the feet of Judas. And then Jesus says to them, that they ought to do this too, that what I have done to you, you are to do for one another, metaphorically and literally. And then he binds words to the act and makes it into a commandment and says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also ought to love one another in the faith community. I picture him looking at them as he says it. It's interesting in the Gospel of John, Jesus says love one another in the faith community. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus says love your enemies, love your neighbors. And some people think then Jesus makes it easier when we get to the Gospel of John. I'm not so sure I agree. Dr. Gail O'Day says sometimes it's easier to love your enemies because, frankly, we don't see them all that often. But in the church, it's harder to get away from each other. There are people with whom we agree and disagree. There are people we really like and people we don't like so much. There are people who are easygoing and so easy to be around. And there are people who just rile us up or are adamant about certain things and will not let them go. Reverend Jan Richardson writes that it's really hard to love one another in the church when it is those persons with whom we strongly disagree or are radically different from us or who get under our skin or anger us or confront us with parts of ourselves that we don't want to see. At church, it's harder to avoid each other. In a hallway, in the sanctuary, in the restroom, in a small group, in a parking lot, and doing missions side by side. If one of our core values that Jesus has given us is relationship, Jesus says we can figure that out. Our loving each other is an extension of Christ's love for us. 
It's, it's not only a core value, it is a commandment. You may have noticed in your life that churches can argue over things, things big and things little. The United Methodist denomination is arguing now, infighting over different interpretations of certain hot-button issues and whether people will separate. What if we took Jesus seriously in what this passage says? What if we listened to it and let it work its way down into our bones? I wonder, what if on this issue or other hot-button issues, if people who were on the far right and people who were on the far left knelt down with a basin and a towel and a little bit of water and humbly washing one another's feet? How would it change the way we talk with each other? How would it change the way we look at issues? I wonder... Once we've seen one another's bunions and blisters, it makes me think it might change some things when we see how human we really are as children of God. Jesus is giving us direction with this act and with this commandment in what it is to be in relationship as I have loved you. He says, you also ought to love one another actually, literally, in word and in deed. Value relationship over difference, unity over uniformity, love over what divides, relationship, 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 Jesus says. And what Jesus passes on to the disciples and to us at his leaving is not a baton that looks like a scepter of authority, And it's not a baton that looks like a gavel for judgment. It's a baton that looks like this, a towel that we might kneel in front of one another and wash each other's feet in relationships of lived out love. Foot washing is not about the water. It's about the relationship that the act creates. Humility, equality, and a sharing in each other, like the sharing in the relationship between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit lived out in the church and in the community as one. Let's look at that second passage that Debbie read. It comes from John chapter 17, and it's Jesus praying to God, and we're eavesdropping as we read it. Jesus is pouring out his heart and sharing his desire that we would be one. As God and Jesus are one, Jesus says he's sending us into the community as God has sent Jesus into the world to live a life of relationship. He says over and over, one with God and one with each other. Let them be one in ministry, in relationships. What does it look like to have relationship be a core value and define us? I've seen a lot of it around me this past week. 
Rabbi uh, Harold Kushner, who wrote that book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, said that insurance companies will tell us that the act of God is the hurricane, the snowstorm, snowpocalypse we've just had. Insurance companies get that wrong, he writes. The act of God is when the people show up. The act of God is when the people of the church show up in the community and start helping neighbor to neighbor, stranger to neighbor, all as one. How have you seen it this past week? I remember last time this year when things were so divided in our country, there were signs in yards and bumper stickers that illustrated that great divide. And now a year later, what did I see? I saw people out in my neighborhood watching their kids play together in the snow. I saw people shoveling walks for each other. I saw people sharing firewood and stoking fire pits together. I saw people in relationship as one. I've heard stories, too, about the neighborhoods right here around the church. People knocking on doors, checking on each other, sharing gas for generators, sharing milk and bread, fixing flat tires, coming to the rescue in a four-wheel drive, traipsing through the snow to check on each other when roads and driveways were blocked by downed trees and limbs sharing batteries and flashlights and matches and candles, cutting trees and limbs for one another, taking food door to door. One person told me this morning that one of the staff members actually called him and just said, how are you doing? I wanted to check on you and see if you're okay. Someone else told me she had a fire pit in her driveway in the neighborhood and they didn't have power to share with each other, but what they shared were laughter and stories and they made some new friends as they invited everyone in the neighborhood to come. And out on 95, you may have heard the story. There was an H&S bread delivery truck out there stuck on the interstate and a young couple behind them saw the web address, went to the website, contacted the company and before long one of the owners of the company was on the phone telling that driver to give that bread away. They gave away over 300 loaves of bread going vehicle to vehicle to vehicle to feed people who were hungry. There's been a whole lot of foot washing going on around here this week, and I'm grateful for it. We'd love to hear your stories, too, about how we're living out this core value of relationship with one another, like Jesus just handed us a towel to keep his ministry going. Pastor Monica suggested we start Love Your Neighbor New Year and share those stories and post them and encourage each other to be out in the community loving people right where they are because that is a form of worship too. In all that is swirling around us, not just snow, not just rain we'll have today, whatever happens in this new year, May there be certain things of which we never let go. Relationship matters. Relationship, discipleship, and community. Let us live it out and take the baton of a towel that Christ has handed us and live in humility and service and love with one another. 
perhaps like never before. Amen and Amen.